0: So at the end of the last hour, I made mention of this theory that is out there uh, that I have no idea if, look, I think Democrats would be crazy not to have a plan B about Joe Biden's ability to serve another term. If I would do that, I have to believe people in power in the Democrat Party, they've thought about it too. They'd be, it would be insane not to have thought about this in any way. There are theories. There are all different ideas out there that, um, and, and like, I don't think we would be seeing Gavin Newsom doing what he's doing. He's been doing it for like a year, you know, going all over the country, making all these appearances, attacking Ron DeSantis. He's been doing this for a while. That's how they ended up on the debate stage last night. I don't think he does that unless there is some sort of a concern that they may need a plan B. Now, whether Newsom is that guy or not, whether he's the, the you know, the one to be coronated, I don't know. The Democrat Party does not keep me abreast of these types of plans. Um, But it's good to have somebody with a raised profile, just in case. I don't know how it plays out with Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris. I, I don't know. I don't No idea. But there is, and I heard uh, I was... Um, Driving, I think I was driving home or maybe I was at home already but I was listening to Brett Winterbull uh who's on you know three to seven here on WBT and he was talking about something that happened in the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday and I've got the audio I'm going to play this as well because uh, that's one of the other things I monitored yesterday was the Senate Judiciary Committee and what blew up over there uh, as well as the over on the house side I got some audio from there too uh probably well hopefully I'll get to it I don't know got a lot of audio so You've got um, the Senate Judiciary that is moving forward, with, and this is Democrat-controlled, they are moving forward with subpoenas for two conservative legal guys, and, and friend, one's a friend of Justice Clarence Thomas. And Brett was saying that he thinks this, this points to, or is proof, that, that Joe Biden isn't going to make it he's not going to make it to the second term. And so let's let's lay the foundation to oust a um, one of the justices, to try to to try to kick him off the court so we can get an appointee rammed through the Senate while we still have a slim democrat majority and a democrat president in Joe Biden to do it. This way if we lose in 24 either the Senate or the presidency, we're not going to be potentially losing you know, uh, an appointment slot on the Supreme Court, maybe even two. So what happened? This uh, Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee, according to the Washington examiner's Kaylin Deese, are playing procedural games now to block the authorization of new subpoenas against two conservative judicial advocates who are friends with Supreme Court justices. All right? this is Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo. GOP senators exploded in frustration at a routine committee meeting after Chairman Dick Durbin bypassed requests to debate some of Joe Biden's judicial nominees further and then later forced a vote to approve subpoenas for conservative activists Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo. However, the GOP committee members consider the subpoenas null and void at this time due to procedural rules they say Durbin did not follow. All right, so here is how... Um, here is how it sounded. This is uh, the beginning of this, um, uh, this Senate Judiciary Committee. They're going to be doing some uh, recommendations for two left-wing judges nominated by Biden.
1: Authorization, we consider the nominees. First is Judge Mustafa Kashubai, nominated to the U.S. District Court for the District of Oregon. The clerk will call the
2: roll. Mr. Chairman, are we going to have an opportunity to speak on the nominee? Yes, we're going That's to be- John Cornyn. Oh, I'm sorry. we already had done that uh, at great length. Well, I think um, this deserves some commentary, um, given the nature of the nominee, and uh, I'd like to ask to speak on the nomination. Senator, we've debated these two nominees twice. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Mr. Chairman, I would also like to speak on the... Oh, my
1: gosh, what the... I understand what you'd like to do, but I'm saying that, in fairness, we have debated these nominees twice, and I ask the clerk to call the roll. Mr. Chairman, Mr. you're Chairman.
3: denying us
2: an right. opportunity to Mr. speak Come on, on a nominee the I mean, third time no. Okay, do this. So we, just we don't do have it. a right
1: to speak under the rules? Under the third uh, third time, I'd say no.
4: So you're, so you're just going to make it up? So you, yeah. I'd like so to there's going to be a lot of consequences I'd like coming here. i like to him, Mr. You're going to have a lot of consequences coming if you go down this road. That's You've Tom to I cautioned you I've cautioned a lot of you. The clerk will call the roll. Listen to me. I've cautioned a lot of you.
3: Mr. Whitehouse.
0: So now they're calling the roll. Mr. Chairman.
3: Mr. Chairman, don't we get the opportunity to speak?
4: We're in a roll call.
3: So you're telling even, even us to shut mem- up? Even though multiple you
4: members have
5: asked to You want us to shut
3: speak? up? Is that what you're saying?
5: A lot of people didn't speak on the two nominees before. We've done. Would, I would you raise your hand if you did not speak? I did not have a. Ch- okay. Senator okay. Corn didn't even have a chance to speak. Senator Blackburn had, had a chance to speak. We've got several folks, Mr. Chairman, who didn't have a chance to speak. We want to tell you again why these nominees are awful. Mr. <laughs> or in Senator Corn's case, tell you for the first time, you're just going to sit there and ignore us. Senator Blackburn, have you spoken on these nominees?
3: I've not had the opportunity like to? to speak. I would like very much to speak on Mr. Casabite.
5: I urge
4: you to let Senator Blackburn speak. Mr. Grant. Senator Corden as well. Senator Corden hasn't had a chance to speak. That's correct. Mr. Grassley. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. You, you can't limit debate without invoking Rule 4. You haven't done that. Ooh. We have debated. Mr. Grassley. We, we've de- we've debated on prior occasions when we didn't have a quorum. That vote didn't count. We speak on the other nominees? We've got people who are here now who weren't here then who'd like to speak. Can we speak on the other nominees? Yeah. Or is your or is your plan just to end all debate today? Is your plan to end all debate? Do you have an answer? You're gonna rely on someone whispering in your ear. What's your plan? We're
2: going a roll call. No.
5: No, that, no, we're not. We're, you can, yeah, okay. Listen, here's the deal. We worked seven weeks to trying to solution the asylum problems. You boycotted the committee.
6: Mr. Cruz.
2: <laughs> Mr. Mr. Chairman, I, I don't know if you've left us any alternative but to deny the committee a quorum. Mr.
5: Cotton.
2: I think that's something we ought to seriously I'll consider. Tell you what, Mr. You Cotton says the
4: chairman needs to rethink his decision yeah, and let Senator Corn and Senator Blackburn speak. That's what Mr. Cotton says. You can mark that down as my vote. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody think. over there who's not willing to look at me or look at Dick Durbin needs to think about it as well. Kennedy. Ah. Ah. Mr. Tillis. Mr. Kennedy wants to speak as well. Mark, Mr. Cottonnell is saying Mr. Kennedy needs to speak too.
6: Mr. Tillis. Mrs. Blackburn.
3: I'm waiting to be heard on the nominee. I've requested several times to be heard on the nominee. I'm not
4: so now I guess Senator Durbin's is not going to allow women to speak either. I thought that was sacrosanct in your party. Oh. All right. Chair Durbin, on this vote, the eyes
0: are eleven. There you go. So that was the first judge. Eyes are eleven. Nobody else voted. So the first judge gets through. What is rule four? That was Mike Lee. Senator Mike Lee said that you were ignoring rule four, which states that objections to a vote without further debate, can only be overruled if at least one minority member, in this case the Republicans, votes to terminate debate. And that hasn't happened. And so he just ignored the rule. And when Tom Cotton said the part about, you know, people whispering in your ear, there was a guy whispering in Dick Durbin's ear repeatedly throughout all of this. He kept leaning over and Durbin would listen. And then ignore the Republicans. Somebody would raise an objection. Every time the Republicans were raising objections, almost every time they raised these objections and made their arguments, the guy would walk behind Durbin, whisper in his ear, and Durbin would just keep letting it go. And not a single Democrat objected to this. It went on. I've got the, I've got the other half because they have the other judge that then comes up for the appointment. And then they start going after the subpoenas through this same kind of a process. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com, Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, Camping and hiking supplies, even because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, I'm going over the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing yesterday where Democrats, uh, what might be actually in, uh, held an illegal vote. After deliberately ignoring a rule, Rule Four, as it were, uh, first to ram through a couple of Biden's appointees or nominees for some federal judicial bench positions, and then to start subpoenaing um, Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo, two conservatives that have been uh, part of the conservative jurisprudence movement, right to try to get. Uh, 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 conservative justices appointed to various levels. Uh, the Federalist Society kind of stuff, right? Like we're we're recommending these lawyers or these judges for elevation to higher courts. By the way, the left does this too. Democrats have their own groups. They do this exact same thing. So here was the second judge that came up in the Judiciary Committee that Dick Durbin, the chairman, refused to allow Republicans to speak on.
1: The nomination be favorably reported to the floor. Up next is Judge Yumi Lee, nominated to the US district court for the note Mr. Who, Chairman who, you who just- has
5: not been allowed to speak on that nominee. Mr.
2: Chairman you just destroyed yeah. one of the most important committees in the United States Senate the chair would And you have set a precedent the which will note- be repeated every time one party or the other takes advantage and takes the low road. It sets a precedent that will then be become the norm. Congratulations on destroying the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. Up next is Judge Julie Lee, nominated to the U.S. District Court for the Northern District. Who has Institute, not Calibre. spoken
5: on this nominee? Clerk will call the roll. Will you raise your hand? Look at all these people have never said a word before you make them vote. Never said a word. Before you make them vote,
0: Mr. it's going along with it. Mr. Coons, it's going along with it. So now they're calling the roll again for the votes.
4: You know, Mr. when Coons we were in the majority, said he would allow members to speak. Uh, Mr. Chairman, when we were in the majority, we allowed Democrats to speak ad nauseum, at at great length. Both. We this was we never did this.
1: Mr. Both of these nominees have had two opportunities for speeches by members.
5: Mr. You have to bring them up again. It wasn't our fault. It's your fault.
3: Mr. Ossoff.
4: Going right along with it. Mr. Mr. Butler. Mr. Chairman, I hope you're
2: proud of yourself. Is
4: this guy talking to Dick Durbin, the chairman?
2: Yeah, you really have.
5: I don't know what drives this, Dick. I really don't.
3: Well, Mr. Chairman, wait, is it you driving it, or is it your staff yeah, is driving it, Joe it or, the chairman or is it of this the White, or it White House it you? driving this? This is completely inappropriate not to let us be heard on these nominations, and you know that.
6: Mr.
4: Your own members have told you to let it, let them speak.
6: Mr. Corden. Mr. Corden. Mr. Lee.
0: So, Republicans aren't refu- they're refusing to cast a vote one way or another.
2: This is a complete disgrace. It's John Cornyn again. And maybe you can show. I see with my us. colleagues over here who understand what goes around,
5: comes around. Yeah, I mean, this is so unnecessary to ruin the committee over a political exercise that's going nowhere. Senator Whitehouse. I, I, I would like to... Was my name called? I can't hear. Where's
4: that voice? Was he was called? he recognized to speak? We're on a roll call.
2: Ma'am? Mr. Kennedy? I'd like to speak, please. We're on a roll call. Mr.
6: Tillis? Mrs. Blackburn?
3: I'm waiting to be heard on the nominations. Mr. Coons? Is this an illegal vote?
0: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
4: So now Joe Zogby is going to dictate to other senators how they're going to vote?
0: Joe Zogby is the guy that's been walking up behind Dick Durbin and whispering in his ear throughout this process over the last six minutes. And then he started walking over and started whispering into the ears of other Democrats. This same sort of thing played out later, immediately afterwards when they started going after the subpoenas for Harlan Crowe and Leonard Leo. In an attempt to try to hamper... The Democrats scheming the GOP issued dozens of subpoena amendments concerning Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. The Department of Justice's termination of programs aimed at rooting out U.S.-based Chinese spies. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russian collusion hoaxing. The uh, the DOJ and FTC's investigation of Elon Musk. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra's missing migrant children. And Justice Sonia Sotomayor's staff over her bookselling scandal. And at one point, Senator Kennedy asked if Republicans could subpoena the names of the people in the Washington, D.C. brothel sting. Ranking member Lindsey Graham tried once again to stonewall the process by raising a point of order, invoking the rule to end debate, citing Rule 4. Durbin just, though, moved to suspend the rule so Democrats could authorize the subpoenas without addressing Republicans' amendments. And because the roll call uh, vote continued beyond the two-hour mark that limited the committee's activity and several republican senators then got up and left the room so democrats essentially illegally passed the subpoena authorization despite their violation of at least two senate rules because once it went past two hours they weren't allowed to keep going that the two-hour limit limits their activity republicans got up and left denying a quorum democrats did it anyway So now there's a question of whether or not this was illegal and whether the subpoenas are going to be issued at all. Here's a Pete tweet. Pete, this enrages me. They get to do this because the media will carry their water. Imagine if Republicans did it. Remember at the beginning of the show, I talked about how George Santos uh, was expelled today from the, uh, the House of Representatives. And the guys, I mean, look, the guy's got a whole bunch of ethics problems and... I try to apply a consistent standard. I recognize politics, but I, I apply a consistent standard. And I would l- very much like to see people who get nailed by, you know, with these ethics complaints, um, they, they should all get this treatment, but they don't. Is that a reason then to not hold anybody to a standard? This is the, you know, the problem is when, when, you, when you become a monster to go fight monsters, you best be careful... To not just leave the world with more monsters, you know? John Fetterman, U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, was on The View today. I have not heard this clip, but it is now going viral. And he's talking about Santos, but also the Senate. And one of his colleagues, a Democrat colleague of his. Let's take a listen.
3: And uh, you've also been calling for to get rid of uh, Menendez, I know. Um, but first, before we talk about that, what's your reaction to the exp- expulsion?
6: Well, it's like, uh, I'm not surprised, but but to me, wh- I think the, the more important picture is is that we have a colleague in, in the Senate that actually did much more sinister and, and serious kinds of things, uh, Senator Menendez. Uh, he needs to go. Um, and if you are going to expel Santos, how can you allow to somebody like Menendez to remain in the Senate? And you know, Santos' is kind of lies were almost, you know, funny, and like, you know, he you know, landed on the moon and a guy kind of stuff. Uh, whereas, <laughs> where, whereas, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, Menendez, I think is really a Senator for Egypt, you know, not New Jersey. Uh, oh. So I, 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 I really oh my think he needs to go. And uh, especially it's kind of strange that if Santos uh, is not allowed to remain in the house, you know, someone like that, yeah.
7: Are you though uncomfortable with the fact that there hasn't been an adjudication that while he's been charged, there hasn't been a conviction? Menendez. With Menendez.
6: Uh, I, I I am I, I am and it's like he has the right uh, to for his his day in court and all that, but he doesn't have the right to to have those kind of votes and things that uh, yeah. that's not that's not a right and and I think uh, we need to make that kind of decision to uh, send
0: him out. All right, so I will point out he is wearing a hoodie, but also he's got a little laptop or tablet uh, propped up in front of him and he keeps looking down at it, so he's. Obviously, using that to help him, you know, process cognitively after the the, the stroke and everything. Um, but I got to tell you, he sounds a lot better now than he did six months ago. So I don't know, maybe the maybe the therapies are working. So that's, I mean, good for him. Um, but what I mean, think about it. What makes this so newsworthy and why it's going viral is because it's not usual. You don't hear Democrats saying this about fellow Democrats, right? You just had Republicans expel Santos, a colleague of theirs, and even Fetterman's like Santos's lies, although I disagree with this. Like, yes, some of the lies were just comically stupid, but if his campaign was was using campaign donors' credit card information, including his own colleagues in the House that had donated to his campaign, and then they just siphoned money out of their credit cards— to pay for Botox and stuff? Like, that's that's fraud, right? That's credit card fraud. And when one of your colleagues gets up there and says this, I suspect that that moved quite a bit of Republicans. Like, you got people that are in this chamber that he has defrauded. That 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 probably was a bigger problem than him, you know, dressing in drag. Do you realize that Democrats just voted to expel a transvestite? Oh, my gosh. Transphobes. Wow. But this is part of the reason why I think uh, I mentioned uh, earlier, Brett Winterble was talking about this yesterday and I had not considered it, uh, which is why I love listening to Brett, because he brings up these uh, these ideas. And what we saw in the Senate Judiciary Committee with the issuing of the subpoenas the going after uh, uh, of the the Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito. Like, what's the strategy here? Why are you doing it? This is beyond just, you know, undermining confidence in the court, the institution of the Supreme Court. This goes beyond that. Democrats have been doing that for a couple of years now, right? Ever since they lost control of the court, they, they've been like hell-bent on undermining the court's credibility. So this way, then, I guess what? They could I- ignore court rulings that they don't like. Because they were using the courts as a supra-legislative body. They were using it to do end runs around the legislature. So now you've lost control of the courts. You can't do that anymore. So now what do you do? Well, you undermine the credibility. Well, okay, now why are you going after these two sitting justices? Because you want them off the court. And if you want them off the court, you want to do it now because you've got the president who is in failing cognitive health and you're not sure if he's going to win re-election in 24, no matter who goes up against him, apparently. So you want to try to make these moves now. And you're getting more and more desperate because you're running out of time. And so that's why you do what the Senate Judiciary Committee did yesterday. Harlan Crow and Leonard Leo both rebuked Democrats' authorization of the subpoenas against them. Leo said, quote, Senate Judiciary Committee Democrats have been destroying the Supreme Court and now they are destroying the Senate. I will not cooperate with this unlawful campaign of political retribution. The office of Harlan Crow decried, quote, the unenforceability of the subpoena following the vote, but contended that, quote, Mr. Crow remains willing to engage with the committee in good faith, just as he has consistently done throughout this process. Republicans and the conservative uh, targets of this investigation say the subpoenas are unenforceable because all but one of the 10 Republican committee members had walked out of the meeting room before the Democrats voted. That pushed the vote on the subpoenas to 12.01 p.m. That was two hours. A two hour meeting. That means that two hours had expired by a minute, but it expired. This is why I played the audio earlier, because that stuff happened first. Then came the subpoena question. And when the Republicans were not even allowed to talk about the, the nominees that were being proposed, they walked out. Now, why did they want to talk about the nominees? To make the meeting last longer than two hours. Durbin knew this, and it was being whispered in his ear by Joe Zogby, one of his aides. Like, if you let them talk, they're going to run out the clock, and then you're not going to be able to do these subpoenas. So he blew up the rules in order to cram uh, uh, cram down or ram through these nominees, despite the fact that several of the Republicans never had a chance to discuss them. So he ignores Rule 4, plows ahead in order to get to the subpoena question, but that the way he handled the earlier discussion, cutting off debate for the Republicans— That prompts them to walk out, and then the vote can't occur before the two-hour window closes. That means there's not a quorum of lawmakers present, and the vote happens outside of the scheduled 10 to 12 meeting time. So Republicans say Democrats would have to vote again for these subpoenas. Committee rules require two members from the minority and seven from the majority to be physically present for votes and other business to occur. And that did not happen. Now, Democrats are like, yeah, "That is totally valid. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all by the book. <laughs> Republicans uh, say that this is all Democrats uh, trying to investigate uh, Supreme Court Justices Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito, an effort that Senator Lindsey Graham called uh, an attempted jihad against the Roberts Court, saying the Democrats are attempting to ruin Clarence Thomas's reputation, Dick Durbin and his colleagues say that the subpoenas for uh, Leo and Crow are necessary to investigate whether outside parties have influence uh, any of Thomas's or Alito's decisions. However, they refuse to allow any subpoenas to examine whether influence has been exerted on Democrat justices, which Republicans say, well, okay, if we're going to do this, then let's do it. Let's open it all up. Let's take a look at all of it. Sonia Sotomayor's book scandal. Let's look at that. Let's look at uh, all of these left-wing groups that um, that have been pushing justices up through your ranks. Why don't we do that, too? All the trips that your justices have taken. Republicans proposed 177 amendments to make Democrats broaden their Supreme Court investigation beyond the scope of just those two conservative justices, or advocates, rather, Leo and Crow. They say Democrats are targeting select names and avoiding subpoenas for friends of justices who are nominated by Democrats. Well, I mean, obviously, because that's the, the age-old axiom. It's different when Democrats do it. That's the rule, people. Look, I don't make the rules. That's the rule. It's different. That's just because. Shut up, racist. All right, so um, you hear me use the uh, the saying a lot of times, you know, the dog catches the car. Right, What happens when the dog catches the car? And usually I say it in a way that's kind of like, um, oh, that was unexpected. You thought you wanted this thing and then you got it. And oh, be careful what you wish for. You don't know what to do with it and all that. But apparently we're going to have to revise this axiom. Because now apparently we do know what happens when the dogs catch the car. It's not pretty. Uh, This is a story out of Texas. Two canines... Have been ripping up vehicles at a Texas auto dealership, <laughs> causing a lot of damage. The dogs have been terrorizing the G Motors dealership on three different nights last month, ripping off bumpers and fenders. I think I know why, though. I think I know why. Hang on. Two
7: six packs of shiner. 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a guess at all to doer. I can feel a good one coming on. Feel a good one coming
0: on. All right, so these two dogs terrorizing the G Motors dealership, they're caught on tape. They have done an estimated 100 dollars to $350,000 in damages to these cars.
7: Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one Feel like a good one
0: I can feel a good one so the footage shows the dogs walking on top of cars, working together to rip bumpers off of cars. <laughs> the footage of the very first incident, though, shows a cat. It's always the way, people. All right? It's always the way. The cat made them do it. It's not their fault. All right. I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.